students. Boy, check that funky variation of the Slash U theme. That's right. It's different because this is a different type of episode. Welcome. Welcome, everybody. This is uh, something new we're trying here at Slash U. We've got a little bit of off time, a little bit of downtime, and an effort to keep things moving, keep some content coming out to you all, the students and the listeners and the fans. We're going to do a little bit of a best of. Professor Nick and I, uh, I'm your Professor Andy, uh, Professor Nick and I have over 50 episodes now of Slash U, and we've decided uh, we're going to go back into the uh, past a little bit, play a couple of uh, play a couple of cool little highlights from some of our uh, prior episodes. Um, in, in this special episode, or best of Slash U, we're going to tackle some of the inside jokes that uh, Nick and I routinely reference uh, that come from some of our favorite old episodes. So you get to hear a little bit. Uh, possibly of some episodes that you've never heard on uh, today we're gonna just i'm just gonna queue up some clips and you're gonna get an insight into some of the funny inside jokes and references that we make when we are occasionally referring to old episodes of slash you and obviously one of the original inside jokes if you can call it an inside joke is the dick shot kill or the dick kill shot it is uh, each of us picks one out in every movie that we watch and we are going to uh, go back in time, all the way back to Season 1, Episode 1 of Slash U, when we were just little baby podcasters. We're going to talk about the origin of the Dick Kill shot in Episode 1 of Season 1, Splatter University, the first kill we ever talked about here at Slash U. Take a listen. All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. It's rolling. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh... Didn't know the inaugural. Is that the, did I pronounce it right? Inaugural. Yeah. Inaugural podcast for Slash U. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. Uh, want to take a look at classic slasher horror movies between the years of 1977 and 1988. Uh, we're no film critics. We're just a couple dudes. Yeah. I'm Nick. Andy. And. Uh, the first one we did uh, for Slash U was, we thought it was appropriate, Splatter University. Splatter University. <laughs> uh, a uh, Richard Haynes and John Michaels production made in 1984 mm-hmm. with a runtime of one hour and 18 minutes. And boy, Andy, I'm just going to tell you, it was a pleasure to watch this. Was it? No. 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 This is a... This is a campy-ass movie, man. <laughs> yes, it really is. And just a kind of a, a brief synopsis of what this is. A, uh, a patient escapes from a mental hospital, kills one of his keepers, which I believe is a nut shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, after he makes his way out, he goes to a local college. We fast forward to the next semester, and uh, we kind of see a replacement. Uh, professors and a group of students have to deal with a new batch of killings. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this spectacular piece of culinary art. Spectacular. For me. Yeah, spectacular. Yeah. You're gonna... <laughs> Nick's cracking a beverage <laughs> while we discuss this amazing flick. Yes, and it's uh, it's a IPA. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought that um, I thought that this was more enjoyable for me the on the second viewing. I've watched this twice. There's two periods of one hour, 18 minutes that I'll never get back. 
two hours and 36 minutes. <laughs> there you go. I was about to do the math. That I'll yeah. never get back. But <laughs> <laughs> the second one, the, the second viewing for me was more enjoyable because I kind of already knew what to expect because I'd already seen it once. And uh, uh, I liked it a little more. Or I guess I could, I could appreciate it more for what it was the second time. I was watching it late at night after a couple beers and, you know, maybe a hit of some cannabis. But yeah. Uh, I could never get through it, so I watched it. Yeah. Uh, recently, sober. Okay. So, uh, I think I enjoyed a veggie burrito while I was watching it, but uh, <laughs> it took me, you know, with notes and taking and doing all this, it took me a little over two hours. But it is a short and quick movie. Yep. Um, again, uh, you told me the budget. What was it? Uh, I read online the budget was somewhere between fifty and seventy five thousand dollars, which in nineteen nineteen eighty four, what would that be today? Hundred uh, fifty? No, one point five million. Yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> Pretty cheaply made, and from what I remember, uh, there's only something like seventy seven people in the cast. Um, that's it. You know, directed by Richard W. Haynes, who actually doubled as one of the priests. Oh, yeah. I don't know. How do you want to do this? Do you want to just go down the plot? Like, well, I think we don't I, want to go scene by scene or anything, do we? Or do you want to? Well, like, this. I mean, leave it up. I mean, they'll the listeners will let us know. Yeah, about the best format. That's again, true. This is the inaugural podcast for Slash U. And uh, again, we want to say it's uh, some of the big <laughs> actors in this are uh, Forbes Riley, Rick Randig, and Dick Beale. And again, uh, directed by Richard Haynes. Right. For, this was you told me this was Forbes Riley's uh, screen debut. Yes, and first she, time she'd ever first time first gig. She was also a Miss New York Teen Pageant. Um, she also got really big on infomercials later in her life with mm-hmm. Jack Lane, the Juicer, and then with her own uh, spin spin weight shake spin weight. Yes, yeah, not a shake weight. I want to say shake weight. Yeah, not the shake. So weight. it's like a it's like a weight that's suspended by string. And yeah. you sort of pull it apart and back and forth to work your core and your upper body. I don't know. <laughs> but she is now 60 years old. In this movie, she was 24. Okay. Um, and, yeah. She... Um, like, that, some, some, some great cinematography of, of downtown Hoboken, it looks yeah. like. I have classic. I, was, I guess. Um... <laughs> That's William Graham. Yeah. We've got the movie playing while we, uh, yes. while we just... Uh, uh, tell you our thoughts but like so i have some questions what which you know we can research this and come back if we need to but like first of all i got so many things the movie opens in uh an insane asylum mm-hmm. and, and uh it's 2 43 p.m 2 43 p.m spelled out t-w-o 43 p.m <laughs> not like a clock no yeah but it says william graham a paranoid schizophrenic is discovered missing so we're at a, an insane asylum and this guy but you go to the imdb and it doesn't identify him as william graham i think it called him like william graham no i think it called <laughs> him like fred graham or something completely different and um i remember seeing it of course it's imdb i don't know imdb is always completely correct is it like Wikipedia where everyone can kind of throw in? Because yeah. I'm just glad that the movie was recognized on IMDb because... Yeah. Did I, you say the rating, by the way, on IMDb? <laughs> no. 3.9 out of 10. That's uh, not bad. And that's uh, 1,455 ratings. 
So, so that means at least some people. So if we get ten listeners out of this, yeah, you know that's. So, Forbes Riley plays Julie Parker, the lead actress. Rick Randing is the love interest. Mark Hammond. Yes. Dick Beale is Father Jansen or Daniel Graham, according to IMDb. Daniel. See, it's William Graham. But it's William right here in the movie, so we are. Damn already, it! Yeah. <laughs> um, among others, but let's just do a true crime podcast. This is this is this is this is, this is Andy. This is fucking my head up. These man. are the things we're gonna have to deal with as we go. Um, I think there's not much we can do about that. But <laughs> so again, uh, Andy, one of my favorite kills is the first one. Yeah, I love like the nurse smoking. She's a pet Benatar look, mm-hmm. you know. Right, and, but this is a this is the first kill, friends, is a dick stab. Classic. I've one of the I've never really seen a dick stab. I've seen some I think Jason uh Voorhees did some great uh I was that's where skateboarders got their look by the way. I was, was just kind of, I was about to ask you, is the <laughs> is the the dick stab a, a trope? But if it's not something you see often then It's not, but I mean but again, think about uh no I mean we're gonna spoil <laughs> We're gonna spoil the. Uh, yeah. We're gonna spoil what happens. Of course, we'll announce spoilers later. I think, or we'll, when yeah, there's a spoiler, we'll but, say so. But I, this is the only. But just Andy, this is the only guy that dies. This is right. in the whole movie. It's only women that die. Right, and I think that that's important, especially to the killer's motive in this movie. Well, Julie Parker was very open in her sociology class about talking about 1984. This is the guy that's in the bar too. Right. Sorry. Uh, there's a. He eats a booger. Um, the, uh, the so the only male to get killed yes. is the doctor in the mental institution and because he gets a dick stab. It, well, yeah, he's the one who gets dick stabbed, but that's that's only because it serves the killer's uh, need to escape because yes. he puts on the guy's clothes and that's how he escapes. But is it symbolism also for uh, the naughty bits? Oh, I suppose. Yeah. Well, oh, and, see, I'm probably deep. they get into that later because yeah, because yeah. it's all because she talked about abortion. You talk about this again. This is 1984, friends. Yeah, uh, it's a hot button issue because it's not a hot button issue today. Yeah, not real. Well, yeah. I'll, <laughs> <if I> say. <laughs> um, the other thing is that this is supposed to be a mystery. We don't see the killer's face. The killer is later revealed later in the movie. So, but the fact that he kills a male and takes his clothes to escape already tells you that we know the killer's a dude, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I found funny in this opening scene, it's the insane asylum. This patient is discovered missing. They don't seem too concerned. They're kind of just casually walking around. Hey, uh, have you seen William Graham by chance? You know, Daniel Graham. Da- well, da- I am, yeah. <laughs> It's a gram. It's just funny to me how there's just two doctors looking, and they come upon a nurse who's smoking on her break, and they're like, hey, have you seen, uh, have you seen William Graham? And she's just like, I'm on my break. On my coffee break, A yeah. fucking, are we swearing? Yeah. A fucking patient escaped. <laughs> and they're just like, hey, have you seen the guy? He's a paranoid schizophrenic. Has anyone seen him? And they're like asking other, other crazy patients. They're walking up to these other guys who've seen... She's asking him right here. This guy's holding a little toy horse. This guy's playing with a mannequin head. The other dude's playing with a mannequin head. Like, have, you seen, uh, have you seen William Graham? It's like He's probably going to say banana. Or, you know. Well, wasn't that fun? <laughs> the origin of the dick kill shot, dick shot kill, doesn't matter. Take your pick. 
Our next little clip, inside joke, goes all the way back to episode five in season one of Slash U, where we watched Madman, and we talk about Madman Mars. Now, we refer back to this one quite a bit in several episodes of Slash U, but the one thing that kind of stands out as an inside joke is how this entire movie was the fault of one cocky little brat named Richie. It was basically Richie's fault that got most of his friends murdered. So in Madman Mars, we say, fuck Richie. And there's a lot of times where we kind of go back and, and reference that in the various future episodes of Slash U where we, where we mentioned Madman. So the clips from this episode, there's two parts. One near the beginning where we discussed originally how Madman, is, uh, Madman Mars is summoned by Richie. And then uh, we cut right to the end of the episode, uh, which describes the, the end of the movie with, with Richie stumbling through the woods and realizing his mistake. To take a listen and fuck Richie. So this is your classic, a killer's been summoned by a cocky teenager and he's picking off the camp counselors one by one. So that's how it again starts. Uh, yeah. We have counselors with kids and Max, who is the camp director. He looks like if that uh, if Captain Kangaroo and that guy who, diabetes, um, if they... If oh, they, uh... If they... Were he to, recently passed away. Yeah. Oh, um, crap. Um, you know, the Wilford, do- Wilford Brimley. Wilford Brimley and Captain Kangaroo, if they had a baby, okay, this would be Max. Max, the head counselor. The head, yeah, the, the, the camp director, I would say. So sure. we start off by the stories, and uh, TP has got a voice, and we'll talk about some of the hit tunes that are in this <laughs> movie. You guys TP. are going to be stoked. One of the counselors, what do you suppose his initials stand for? Tom Parker. Oh, they do? No, I don't know, oh, but it sounded was, legit, didn't it? I say toilet paper because he's shitty. <laughs> Hey, he's no longer with us, by the way. Oh, that's right. The actual so, actor. The actual away. actor. So, oh, I'm sorry. but um, I instead <laughs> instead of recording it, I have the. Uh, I'm gonna try to do his. He's because his, the intro to the movie, uh-huh. is him singing. Oh, TP. A chill in the air. <laughs> the scent of death crawling. Full moon, the witness. And as he's singing this, he's kind of walking around the people at the camp and trying to freak them out. Yeah. So doing a great job, by the way. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but then Max goes into the story, which is a great point. Like uh, you know, after the Cliff Kill notes, uh, Max tells a story of um, Madman Mars, mm-hmm. and what Andy did uh, kind of nip on was his backstory. Like this is something we you know get to see, which. If you remember the one that we did, Final Exam, the mm-hmm. movie, episode two? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He didn't have a backstory. Nope. There was no backstory with this killer. Uh, we thought there could have been one. Yep. You have to go back to that episode to see what we were thinking. But this one did. Yes. He was an evil man, a farmer. Uh, like Andy pointed out in the Cliff Kill notes, uh, he had a wife and two kids that he bloodied and chopped up. Brutally wa- murdered. Yeah, he chopped the yeah. wa- he says the wife up into little pieces and... Chopped up the son, chopped off the daughter, and then when the towns, and then he went to a bar, laid the axe on the table, and ordered a beer. <laughs> the townspeople grabbed Madman Max, hung him by a Mars. tree. Mars. Madman Mars. Yeah. Thank you. That was me slapping Andy's knee. Yep. That All was right. a thank you. <laughs> yes. Madman Mars. For no other reason, and it was my knee. Yes. Not anything else. Go ahead. Madman <laughs> Mars was grabbed by the townspeople. Yes. Uh, uh, an axe to his face and hung by a tree and left to die hanging. Right. When the townspeople came back the next morning, uh, he was no longer hanging and right. the dead bodies of his family were missing. 
couldn't find him. And that's when little dickhead Richie goes, come on, Max, that's a bunch of, bunch of bullshit. Right. And that's where we really, that Richie's a fucking dick. So this whole thing is Richie's fault. It is, that's what I, thank yeah, you. The entire thing is Richie's fault. Richie's a dick. Richie jumps up like the cocky little shit that he is, and he's, come on, Mars, we're out here, Mars. And of course, Max, the head the, the head of the camp, is just like, oh, Richie, you don't know what you're playing with. And he goes, <laughs> Is Max joking, or is this part of Max's story? He's just like, and he's like, it's okay, Mars, he's just a kid. He didn't mean anything by it. I'm so glad you, you brought know? that up. He did. That's what Max Mars. tries. Max tries to put a Band-Aid on it. <sighs> Whatever. That was such a great, like, the, you did that perfect, because. Thank you. Mars, he, he, he's just a kid. Don't worry about it. Like I got Jim, some butterscotch. Like a Jimmy Stewart. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> he was. Oh, my gosh. But uh, that's what we uh, find out that Richie kind of, that, that he's the dick. Summon the killer. He summons the killer, but Richie's the first one that notices him. That's why he separates yes. him, because he sees a creature standing in the trees. Right. And then we fast forward to Richie Pop, Max is, pull, Max is finally pulling up from his... Card game. His whorish night of cards <laughs> and prostitutes. Up. And... Max. Max was doing drugs, picking up <laughs> whores in the Max city. has got powder around his nose, and he's like fucking hanging out, and he pulls up, and there's Richie. Dumbfounded. Yeah. Richie, fuck Richie, by the hashtag fuck Richie on this episode, but... Uh, he's been stumbling around the woods the entire time. Never. That was the B story. You know how most movies oh, have an yeah, A story yeah, and a yeah. B story? The B story in this was Richie, just stumbling around the woods. Fuck Richie. So, <laughs> Max goes, what's going on? And this is the very, very last line uh, that happens, and... This is kind of where we know that Richie fucked up. This is kind of where I believe that Richie in his head is like so fucking dumbfounded because mm-hmm. he knew he started this. He's like, uh, Madman Mars. And then it kind of fades away. Is real. Roll credits. Roll credits. <laughs> so that was Madman Mars. Classic. Go back. I had a lot of fun going back and listening to that particular episode. It made me want to go back and watch that movie again because that is one of the better ones we've seen here at Slash U as far as campiness and cheesiness. And it, the hot tub scene alone is totally worth it. Um, so go back and watch Madman. But we move on to our next inside joke. Now, uh, your professor, Nick, and myself uh, tend to do a lot of accents. Um, it started originally in episode 12, Body Count which was the first Slash U episode where we watched a movie made by a foreign director. Uh, it was an Italian director. So the premise of our joke was that this is a movie where the director must have put a lot of things in that he thought American audiences would relate to. And it kind of just evolved into us doing stupid attempts at Italian accents. And for a few future episodes after that, and in um, other uh, country of origin movies, we attempted accents as well thereby alienating um an entire hemisphere of the world so take a listen uh, as we recap a portion of episode 12 body count where we first did horrible accents i thought this was kind of cool the music the intro into this yes. film uh definitely had that slasher vibe but then they added that you know club euro disco dance you, you know kind italian of italian slant or a <laughs> european yeah you know so imagine like putting john carpenter's you know halloween classic next to like some beats by dre or you know like i mean it's just this is great music let's let's I like party it. i like it a lot but no i mean i'm not, it's just it's kind of fun yeah and they add like that club euro into this slash kind of mix so that's one of the first things i noticed as we were dive uh as my uh my eyeballs uh, started focusing on the screens as I was watching Body Count. We also get some good 80s 
just some generic good 80s music montage along with those montages like yeah. they're like <laughs> just i mean i'm not trying to be uh cynical here or 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 disarming or mean but i just what's going on in america oh they like a dirt bikes that's a horrible right. italian accent but i mean they put that you know dirt bikes and like <laughs> it's, it's me mario yeah. <laughs> that's an italian accent <laughs> they like the dirt bikes they like the new york sweatshirts <laughs> If you're listening in Italy, I'm so sorry. So sorry. I'm so sorry. But please, do your best American stereotype, and I won't be offended. Well, because uh, Tony, I believe... I like trees, burgers, and guns. Yes, that's Tony. Hey, I, know, but, I mean, the 80s was more like, the like, hey, I like, uh, yeah. I like boobs and beard. You exactly. know, so. And that's the clip that started it all. I know it was a short one, but uh, that little, you know, couple minutes right there led to so many other terrible attempts at accents and we deeply deeply apologize to people in other countries if we've offended you with our terrible attempts at replicating your dialect but uh, again uh my challenge stands go ahead and uh, do your best american imitation and i i will laugh at it because we uh, we speak funny uh anyway on to our next clip uh these last couple here uh, are probably a couple of the best ones. I save the best two for last. Second to last clip that we're going to go over today is an inside joke that comes from one of our movies uh, you know as Graduation Day. And this clip is uh, hilarious in that it spawned uh, our excuse for doing anything you want to do as long as you pay your taxes. So that's all I'm going to say about it. Just pay your taxes and you can justify anything you want to do. Listen to the clip and you'll understand. Can't forget for our sponsor, Andy's Cook Kill Notes, yes. brought to you by Little Bites. Trying to save some weight, but still want that sugar snack? Try Little Bites, Little brought Bites. to you by Intamins. And now presenting Andy's Cook Kill Notes. Right. Well, we're going to summarize the movie and set it up so those of you listening who've never watched it can sort of follow along. Uh, but by all means, feel free to go watch it. It was a three ninety nine rental on Amazon. And you get it for seven days. And you get it for a week. Yeah, it's great. Well, here we go. It's two months before graduation at Midvale High School. And a track at a track meet, we have Laura Ramstead, who runs a 30-second 200-meter sprint. Is that good? Apparently, it's very good. She's running literally as fast as she can and makes it in 30 seconds. But right after crossing the finish line, Laura collapses and dies, tragically. It's later attributed to a blood clot. Her coach then faces some criticism for pushing her too hard. Two months later, Laura's sister Anne Ramstead is back home uh, in town from the Navy to attend graduation day and honor her sister. But there's a killer stalking the remaining members of the track team and killing them one by one. And that's the setup. And hilarity ensues. Hilarity ensues. It's a, I haven't said that in a long time. Yeah. <laughs> because it hasn't. Hilarity has not ensued yes, in a it, long time. In this one, it did. In this one, because yeah. Brought, to, brought by the music of Felony. Mm-hmm. They have a credit in this. They do, featuring Felony. Yeah, it doesn't say the music by Felony. Nope. Or it just says, and featuring Felony. So I'm like, is this a Cher yeah. Madonna thing going on? Is it some cool new rapper from the early 80s? So that was them later in the movie yeah we'll get to we'll get to felony but uh as andy said the movie starts off with everyone freaking out the funky music the fun time 
people love the track at the school because a, the, yeah. the stands are packed. Oh yeah, montage people, of kids running hurdles yeah, and hurdles yeah. and gym. Uh, I didn't know gymnastics. Gotta be a winner. Got no losers around. Oh, we spanned a couple of sports in this movie. Uh, pole vaulting. Pole vaulting. There was uh, which is track and field. Yes. There's the shot put. Shot There's put. um hurdles of course there was also a dude dressed as a football player yeah who's i guess he does both football he does both miniature golf was it in there yeah Yeah, it's a deleted scene probably (laughs) (laughs) and the coach uh george michaels george michaels coach george michaels he also teaches the woodworking I have faith that you would remember his name. Hey, welcome (laughs) to Slash U. Well, it came to me when I was touching myself in a bathroom. (laughs) What? That's George Michael. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) You're going to reference him, so am I. I Can we bring that down to a careless whisper? I know, I'm sorry. Thank you, that's a careless whisper. Careless whisper. No, but his name is Coach George Michaels, and he played the detective in... Pieces. Yes, another yeah, pieces. Another pieces reference. This man, if you'll remember, go back and listen to episode seventeen, which I remember now is pieces because I dubbed it in last week. As uh, uh, just this guy, the guy who plays him, his name's Christopher George. He's got a fantastic voice. Yes, fantastic gravelly, tough guy voice. He also played Leonardo DiCaprio's uh, father in Titanic. Oh, he did. No. Um, <laughs> We are slash you he fake di- news. <laughs> he died in 1983, so he was pumping out movies yeah. right before he died. All right. I believe Pieces was 83, so I don't want to dive mm. too much into him. But again, Andy uh, probably died I from love... smoking. I mean, the guy's well, voice. Was. Yeah. <laughs> when it was the 80s, cocaine. Oh, I that cool. could be. Want to? <clears throat> it's. I think it's fun and relevant to find these connections in these movies that we found. I mean, from going to Edge of the Yaks. Yep to graduation day and the three actors from pieces yeah in total so uh so laura getting back to the movie this is yeah bringing it it's a it's a good cast of characters here you want me to read some of the major characters as laura runs though i just wanted to kind of mention that coach michaels does scream at her as she's running oh he did 30 seconds that's very important 30 seconds laura yeah she runs she does win she dies yeah she just falls over, collapses right so, after yeah, crossing the so, finish line, uh, which is unfortunate. Stuff like that has happened yes. at, at high school uh, athletic events. You it hear does. about kids falling over, collapsing, and this movie, the of course, students. is, um, is uh, one of them. So it, 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 um, there's nothing. Uh, uh, what's the evil behind her death? No, no, she's not killed. Yes, uh, and that's when the cast of characters that I think would be a yeah. good because this is when they all approach the the stands. Right. Quiet. Uh, the 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 team over. They go from cheering to um, silence because yes. obviously everybody they're like, "Whoa, something's wrong here." Very much uh, so. Her fellow teammates on the team are Sally Prescott, uh, Tony, Dolores. Uh, there is well, Laura Ramstead. There's Ralph, Pete. Uh, that's all I've got for well, the we, track also, team. Her boyfriend. There's Kevin. also oh, her boyfriend Kevin. Sorry, I had him written somewhere else on the page. Uh, there's also uh, Anne Ramstead's her older sister. Uh, Blondie is the secretary at the school, the administrative administrative assistant to Principal Guglioni. Guglioni. There's Mr. Roberts, the music teacher. He's thick. Yep. Halliday is the inspector, the the cop who comes to inspect later. Uh, there's Elaine Ramstead, who's Laura and Anne's mom. Uh, McGregor is the campus Barney Fife campus uh, police liaison He's... officer. Richard or Ronald Carlos is their stepdad. Oh, uh, stepdad. I'm gonna so, name in a second. Very minor part in the movie, but he's worth mentioning. So that aside from the track team, those are our, our other 
characters. Oh, there's also Joanne and Doris who are two like uh, flighty kind of gossipy girls, and and Joanne is I'm sorry, Doris is Vanna White. Vanna White. That's I why know, I mentioned them. <laughs> they're the chatty. They're kind of like the mean girls. Their, yeah. their appearances in this movie are fucking rad. Mm-hmm. I do catch a little bit of the photos, but we'll bring them up because they kind of connect scenes. I think. Yeah. Yeah, Dolores they do. They and bridge the scenes. Dolores right. and no, not Dolores. Uh, Doris. Doris and Joanne. Doris and Joanne. Vanna is Doris. Doris. Yes. Yeah. Vanna oh, White, what? tall. I mean, is that or the, the the other girls around here were a little shorter? I don't know, but she seems tall, at least for. Alexa, how old tall yeah. is Vanna White? I'm just kidding. We don't have to do that. Um, that is a good question. We we could dub it now. This is how tall we found out Vanna White is. Five feet six inches. All right, so that's how tall she is. Great. Wow, that was wow. awesome. Very interesting. So um, we it sounded so natural. <laughs> as the <clears throat> camera fades away from everyone gathering around Laura, she is dead. Yep. Two months later, there is a truck driver who we obviously know picked up a hitchhiker. Yeah. This motherfucker has got an ascot on, like Fred. Like he gets his fashion from Scooby Doo. <laughs> truck driver with an ascot. Yeah. Well, I mean, he. I mean, he's got like yeah. that neck handkerchief. It's like this is the how I can describe it. This like. This motherfucker looks like if Ron Jeremy, Luigi, and Mario f- had a threesome and fucked and had a baby. This okay. is what this guy looked like. I took a picture of him yeah. for our fans of Slash U, our students of the U, to see if they agree. Yeah. But this is, uh, he's driving a car and trying to get frisky with a, obviously a female passenger. This is where we meet Anne. Yes, it is. Um, and we can tell that Laura's Anne, sister. Laura's older sister. We can tell that Anne Ramstead is coming back from the military, from the Navy. She's in her... Uh, navy uh, formal uniform um if that's what you want to call it i guess but she you know the the yeah. skirt and then uh, her hat you know wh- which is laid on her lap and that's how you see we don't see her face that's what right was, away yeah. they the camera is going between be the camera is going between him and her legs driving the car and her legs because yeah, he keeps looking at her that gets me excited because yeah. i was thinking that <laughs> it was gonna be a kill but eventually oh. i thought there was gonna be a kill but mm-hmm. eventually go ahead Sorry, well, he's I just heard. making small talk with her. He's hitting on her, and he talks about, uh, <laughs> did you hear about those two lesbos down in San Diego? The Navy lesbos. Navy lesbos yeah. or something. The and, Navy um, lesbos. And she, he's asking her some questions and about herself, and he says, like, uh, can't cut your tongue? <laughs> That's okay. I got enough tongue for the both of us. <laughs> <laughs> and then he grabs her leg. Like, he just reaches out and grabs her bare it leg. goes up to her. Right above the knee, and then he moves his hand towards up. Towards the, vagi- the genitalia. Yeah, and she grabs his wrist and is like, no. And, and he's like, come on, I pay taxes. I pay taxes. Oh, you pay taxes. See, I didn't know that, Nick. The fact that we're taxpayers <laughs> mean we have free reign to sexually harass members of our military. Did you know that? It, I think it's in the Constitution. <laughs> Isn't that ridiculous? It really, what a piece of shit. The tongue thing was funny, like, hey, that's so schmarmy, kind of like mm-hmm. Donald, Donald from Microwave Massacre I or whatever. I have tongue for the bull. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but when one. he was like, when he was like, come on, I pay my taxes. On, I... She's supposed oh. to go. Yeah, she's supposed you're to lift like her Tim, shirt. Yeah, yeah there you yeah. go. Grab you me, because you're a taxpayer. You can. <laughs> fucking idiot. You know what? I'm not laughing at the idea, the, just how you yeah. said it. Like Nick, you didn't know. Yeah, you didn't know so that. So next time, instead of saying thank you for your service to our country, right? Go just uh, grab their junk or, and say, "Hey, I'm a taxpayer." You know what I'm going to do? What? I I'm going to slap the lady who um, <laughs> delivers my mail right on the ass <laughs> and say a, thank you. You know, she's she, a government employee, just oh, like the military. Oh, that's true. I pay my taxes. I ought to be able to. <laughs> Officer, suddenly yeah. you take this breathalyzer. Right, no, the police. No. Yeah. I pay my taxes. Let me, yeah. let me grab that dick, officer. Grab, yeah. So um, Anne, yeah. we've spent too much time, but <laughs> Anne 
and pretty much tells them to fuck off. Yeah, I'll feed you your nuts, something yeah. like that. And so um, they pull into town, and uh, there's a. So there you go, students. Uh, all you have to do is pay your taxes, and you can get away with whatever you want. And if somebody questions you, you just have to say, "Hey, I pay my taxes, so I can I can get away with uh, sexually harassing somebody, or especially a government employee." I mean, the fact that that was written in it's a piece of dialogue in that movie we we thought was hilarious, and we still laugh about it to this day. So I'm glad you're all we're here to uh, relive that moment. Uh, our final clip in this uh, best of show is one that uh, almost broke up Professor Nick and my relationship, where we almost got in a fight right there on the air. And this has to do with um, episode 45, Party Line, with the the line about who plays by the rules and the discussion about who does and does not play by the rules. I split this clip up into three parts because it came up three separate occasions during the episode. Um, so you can see the origin and how it evolved and then finally almost caused me to punch Professor Nick in the face. Angelina and Seth lure people into their house from the party line, um, specifically family men, just like Andy's Cliff Kill Notes kill them. Curtis West, their first kill, is discovered by the bum. Now they're getting everyone involved because the, the DA is usually involved in murder scenes. Mm-hmm. Henry sticks it off to Stacy, assistant DA. And this is where we're going to now meet the other dick. <laughs> Lieutenant Detective Dan. Hi, hi, Dan. Richard Hatch. You want to do me on a shrimp boat? Dan is at the station. He's just kind of flirting with the dispatch lady. Uh, and he is a vice detective. He's a cop's cop. Right. But he is uh, he's assigned a vice, not homicide, which we kind of learned. But, yeah. But, um, vice being uh, prostitution, drugs, drugs things yeah. like that. Um, Dan learns from uh, Captain Barnes, who shows up, saying, like, you're one of your key collars or criminals that you arrest routinely. Gonzalez has just been released, a dealer. So Dan's like, ah, fuck. So I got to go stake this guy out now and try to catch him again. It's like as soon as I can arrest him, they're fucking making bail and getting back out. Exactly. So this Mr. Gonzalez is back out on the streets, and Dan's got to go get him. And that is the only reason why we meet and hear about Gonzalez. Right. It gives Dan a reason to go to To the club to uh, try to track down Gonzalez. Because he has nothing to do with homicide. Not yet, anyway. Not yet, anyway. Because let me be honest with you about um, Lieutenant Dan. (laughs) Yeah? Andy? Yeah. He doesn't play by the rules. Oh, God, there's never time for backup. You come in here and you disrespect this city. Right. Listen, Mayor, I'm going to do things my way. Right. That's, this is one of those movies. It's He's the Mel Gibson in the Lethal Weapon yeah. uh, You know, comparison, I guess. He's a loose cannon, but he gets results, Nick. He gets results. He arrests, damn it, I was going to fire you right away, but <laughs> god damn it if you didn't get such great results. He arrests the bad guys no matter what it takes. Yeah. He's got a new case, and he ends up. We get the whole uh, uh, police force is there. Um, Captain Barnes is there, and we. Uh, this is where the introduction of Assistant District Attorney Stacy meets Dan, Lieutenant Dan. That's very important because they are now partners in this. Because Dan's like, I'm Vice. Yeah. And Barnes is like, You're homicide now. You're homicide now. You're working with the Assistant DA. I don't yep. care. This is yeah, just like you said. You it's just your case. Stumbled now. into this case. You need to figure out these murders. And yep. so, uh, and I don't know if. Um, I know, like we talked about earlier, but uh, Dan doesn't play by the rules. He, he, we've mentioned it once or twice. Okay, sorry. Uh, I wrote that too. Dan does not have time for due process. Yeah. 
Seth and Angelita had a mother that well, I guess was a starlet that was a yeah. really big in Hollywood. Yeah. She was a starlet, but she slit her wrists and committed suicide. Seth's looking at a newspaper. Newspaper but... article. And then the next headline that he pulls over is producers puzzling death. And so we know that this is probably it's... Seth and Angelina's mom and dad. So her, yeah. their dad was a producer and their mom was, I guess, a up and coming starlet. Mm-hmm. And this is when Angelina is like eating bonbons and listening to the news in her panties. She discovers that uh, her brother Seth did kill Herc. Herc news, is dead, yeah, and she is not mad. About, yeah. So, so she she is pissed. So she goes to express her anger, yeah, and um, find her brother Seth, only to find him wearing uh, her mother his mother's wedding dress. This was weird to me. Seth uh, tried on or put on. I don't think it was the first dress. time. I don't think it's weird. It's not no. the first time. Yeah, because she didn't act surprised. But I put really. on Jody's wedding dress. I mean, oh, everything. Really? I mean, I'd stretch it out a little bit. I but. would hope so. Uh, what? <laughs> oh, really? go ahead. Continue. I'm sorry. No, I, I you really put on Jody's wedding dress once. Okay. No, I, I'm just kidding. I, no, I mean I know what you're saying. It is odd. weird. I, I but, but to you're me, right. it, Angelina it, doesn't really doesn't have a freak reaction. out. She's no. just like she's she just like, beats him around. Yeah, it, she's like you killed him. I liked him and you killed him and yeah. you're getting out of line. Wh- who told you you could go off on your own? Yes, that's he, what I mean. Seth doesn't play by the rules. No, he does. He's a psychopath. He does his own thing. Dan's Dan's a cop. He's not a psychopath. That doesn't work for psychopaths. Seth doesn't play by any rules. Okay, Jason doesn't play by the rules. Michael Myers doesn't play by the rules. Fucking Madman Mars doesn't play by the rules. He doesn't play by the rules that Angelina set up. You want me to finish? Can you fucking apologize to? No, I refuse. I'm so sorry, student slash you. This is Angelina calls the shots. Seth doesn't play by that, and that's why she's mad. This is the biggest fight we've ever got. I don't on. understand. Forty-five, what is forty-five with what I'm episodes. Explain to me what's wrong with that. Because killers and psychopaths don't play by the rules ever. You get it, but in this context, Nick Angelina is in charge, and she tells Seth what to do, and now he's going off on his own. I.e., he's not playing by the rules. Jason's mother was in charge. Does that make fucking sense? And he's still. I mean, it doesn't matter. They're psychopaths. Yeah. No, it doesn't. The only people that can't play by the rules are cops. Okay. Right. Fine. So, okay, I'm, I'm a garbage man. I throw trash oh, in the Jesus pond. Christ. I'm a garbage man that doesn't play by the rules. Yeah, okay. Fine. You're right. wrong. You're right. I'm wrong. Sorry. All right. For the final episode Ridiculous. of fucking Slash You, <laughs> Party so Line. So why is she so mad at him? Explain to me why she's unhappy with Seth in this scene. Oh, because she killed Herc. She liked right. him. Right. She He liked him. And he, and he, well, he killed Herc. I wouldn't say play by the rules. Which isn't what she wanted him to do. All right, but I mean, okay, so she Which did... is something that, uh, meaning... So by saying, hey, we, I, I We want... only kill married men that we catch on the we party line. We are together, line. so like yeah. you stepped out of line. We catch married... Yeah, she specifically says, so maybe he didn't who fo- told you you could go off well, on your own? Well, maybe he didn't follow their rules. I'm, I'm going to fucking punch you I'm in just goddamn kidding. I did that on purpose. Oh, I hate dick. you. <laughs> <laughs> I did that on purpose. I wheezed you. Oh, you made me mad. <laughs> he is I mean, he not did, playing by her rules. He just doesn't like... better? I mean, he... He doesn't want to play around. He doesn't want yeah. to follow any rules. God, I'm going to edit this all out. <laughs> he is not playing by her rules. All right, all right, all right, all right. Way, she's mad at him. And that's it, students. That was the one that almost broke us up. Uh, Nick claims he was joking, but I like to think that when he realized he was losing the argument, he decided to say he was joking. And he's not here to defend himself, so... Uh, in any case, it's all water under the bridge at this point. So that is the origin of... Uh, insert name here doesn't play by the rules and we refer back to that periodically in other episodes so thank you all for tuning in to this special best of 
featuring some clips of our inside jokes from episodes past. It was a lot of fun to look back at the um, episodes we've already done here at Slash U and to look at the quality of our microphones from way back in the day and how much better they've become. Still not perfect, but hey, a hell of a lot better than those early episodes. So we thank you all for sticking with us. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at slash you underscore podcast. Check out www.slashupodcast.com for all the news, events, updates, and uh, some summaries of all the movies and all the episodes we've done. And check out the extra credit section for the other inside jokes and tips and things about slash you. And uh, that's about it. Until next time, everyone. Class dismissed. <laughs>